Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. You recognize that logo, don't you? Well, of course, that is the Paramount logo that you hear at the end of every Paramount television show, like Cheers or Frasier. You've been hearing it for years. Well, welcome, first of all, to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. And this week, I'm going to start a feature that I'm going to do from time to time in which I am going to talk about the various studios that I have worked for. And I'm going to kick it off by talking about the Paramount lot, because David Isaacs and I worked there for 20 years. So lots of stories, lots of history. It's going to be kind of fun to go back onto the Paramount lot. So allow me to be your audio tour guide. The Paramount Lot. Now, I have a real fondness for the Paramount Lot because David Isaacs and I were ensconced there for 20 years. That's right. We spent a good portion of our career on the Paramount Lot. Started in 1982 when we went to work producing Cheers, and we stayed there all the way through the aughts. We were involved in a number of Paramount shows, and we created a couple of shows for Paramount. The lot itself is... Pretty tacky looking, actually. I mean, it's been around for years and years and years, and it looks it. (laughs) They have not done an awful lot of modernization of the Paramount lot. It is located on Melrose in Hollywood, but it's not the best part of Hollywood. It is South Hollywood, and it's really kind of a crummy neighborhood. One of the streets that it borders is Gower, And when I was working on Wings, we had an office building that was up against Gower, and we were on the second floor. One night, we came in, and there was a bullet hole in one of the windows. That was delightful. And then another night, we would be sitting there writing, and it would be 1130, and it would be February. And all of a sudden, we hear the jingle of an ice cream truck. And this ice cream truck comes down Gower and stops right across the street of our building. And we're going, well, who the hell is going out for ice cream? 1130 at night, 15 people just descended upon this thing. And it it turns out they're making drug deals. (laughs) In fact, we used to call it Cracky the Clown. And sure enough, like every week 
at around 11.30, you'd hear the Good Humor Man, and there would be 15 people making their transactions with cash. So it's not exactly the ideal Hollywood neighborhood. Right behind it, by the way, is a cemetery, and Rudolph Valentino is buried in that cemetery. So that's like the big attraction other than the Paramount lot. The Paramount lot does give tours, but it's not like Universal or even Warner Brothers. They're not really great tours. In fact, David and I had a bungalow like right in the middle of the lot, and we would see these tours pass by, and they would point out across the street of us was, number one, the sawmill, and next to that was the barbershop. And they would say things like, now, you notice that barbershop over there? John Ratzenberger used to get his hair cut right there. And, of course, people would stop and take pictures of the door. As I mentioned, the Paramount lot has been around really for, I don't know, 200 years, 300, a long time. But all of the great Billy Wilder movies were made there. All of the classic Preston Sturgis films were done at Paramount. All the Bob Hope, Bing Crosby road pictures were done there. And if you've seen Sunset Boulevard, which, by the way, you do need to see, there are a couple of great scenes where William Holden is on the Paramount lot, and he is in a two-story building that looks kind of like a motel. It's where he and actress Nancy Olsen were doing some scenes where they were trying to write a screenplay together. Anyway, that building is still there. A lot of what Paramount Pictures looked like in that movie, and that movie was made in 1949, is pretty much what it looks like today. There is one feature that I need to bring up, and that is the tank. Now, the tank is basically a submerged parking lot, but they can fill it with water, and it becomes this giant pool. And they use this for obviously, filming scenes that are supposed to be on the water. There was a movie in, I believe, the 60s called Tora, 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 which was about the Japanese invasion of Pearl Harbor. Well, the movie features all of these battleships, and they were all filmed right there in the tank. They're all toy battleships. If you go back on YouTube and take a look, you're going to go, wow. I didn't realize that really looks cheesy, but you would fill the tank and it was very expensive, needless to say, to fill the tank. And we did it once on Cheers. I believe it was the fourth season, one of the very early episodes where Sam and Diane go out together on a yacht and then get thrown into the water. Well, that episode was filmed at Paramount, and we filled the tank. I mean, it does cost something like $50,000 to fill the tank. And so anytime, as a running joke, we wanted to spend Paramount's money, we would say, okay, so in the scene where Norm and Cliff are having a picnic, what do you say we fill the tank? Let's just fill the tank. 
when we did Big Wave Daves, which was supposed to be set in Hawaii, we just terrorized the Paramount executives because every week we would say, well, you know, we need to do a surfing scene here, so we're going to have to fill the tank. Well, you, you can't fill the tank. All right, well, you know, you can't do the scene in front of an audience. We got to fill the tank. We never did, of course, fill the tank. And by the way, they never let us park in the tank. Hmm. I mean, it was a great parking lot because it was very close to most of the buildings. Uh, David and I usually had to park 17 miles away, and maybe it's because we wanted to fill the tank. One of the great things about being on any movie lot is that if they are filming something, well, you can just walk by and stop and watch. There are very few closed sets, especially if they are filming in the tank because they need 800 people standing around and all the lights and everything else. So it's fun. You get to watch things being filmed. Remember a movie called Patriot Games? It starred Harrison Ford. Well, one night I finish a Wings rewrite. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like staggering out to my car, and I see all this commotion at the tank, and the tank is filled, so it's like, oh, something's happening here that's costing an awful lot of money, and I wander on over, and they are filming the climactic final scenes of Patriot Games. Remember, there was like a boat, and the boat is like twisting around in the water, and there's a giant fight, whatever. So I'm standing there at 2.30 in the morning with Harrison Ford waiting for them to light this thing. Because that was really kind of cool, because, like I said, they think you belong. So you're just standing there and like, uh, hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, yeah not too much. Uh, what do you think of the Lakers this year? Yeah, you know, it's kind of cool. Or I'm standing there talking to Harrison Ford. And it's like, oh, all right. Uh, I'll see you in a few minutes. I, I, I got to go beat the crap out of somebody. That's part of the fun of being on the lot. Now, some studios have all kinds of back lots. Warner Brothers has Western sets and all kinds of town squares. Not an awful lot in the back lot area of Paramount, but they do have New York Street. Actually, they have a couple of New York Streets. They have one which is kind of the old-time New York Street, and they also have more of a modern New York Street, and they use the old New York Street, a lot for music videos. And that's kind of cool, too, because, again, you know, you want to take a break, and you figure, all right, I'm just going to take a walk around the New York set, see what's going on. And sure enough, there's a Michael Jackson video being done. So you would walk around and see celebrities all the time, in addition to sound stages being used for sitcoms or for film shows, there were also a few that were devoted to talk shows. And Arsenio, remember Arsenio? Well, he used to film his show there. And every so often, celebrities would come early and they would just kind of wander around the lot because it's kind of cool to be on a movie studio lot. And so David and I would be sitting in our office and writing, and I'd glance out the window and, uh, hey, Dave, isn't that Bill Clinton? 
walking around. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's Bill Clinton. This is something that you don't get if you're working at Aetna Insurance. The commissary was another place to see stars. And the big one, at least for us, and I admit we do get jaded after a while because you do see a lot of these people, but Sean Connery came in one day and we were like, oh, man, that's Sean Connery. That was big time. Another time, David and I were having lunch with three younger writers and Tony Curtis came in. And Tony Curtis was a big star in the 50s and 60s. Talked about Billy Wilder. Well, Billy Wilder made Some Like It Hot on the Paramount lot. And Tony Curtis was the star of Some Like It Hot, along with Jack Lemmon. And he had the table right next to us. And so I said, wow, how cool is that? That right there at the next table is Tony Curtis. And, of course, the three young writers had no idea who he was. And... I felt like I was 100 years old, and that was 20 years ago. Here's another reason to love the Paramount lot. Star Trek was made there. The original Star Trek from the 60s and all of the Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek 9 and Star Trek 12 and a bunch of the movies. The only Star Trek I don't think that they make at the Paramount lot is the current one, the new one, because I think they make that one in Toronto. But all of the others were made on the Paramount lot. And it was not unusual to be standing at the ATM machine, to be in line, and there would be a Klingon standing there in front of you or going to the commissary, and there sitting at a booth eating with a couple of people in costume was Data. Cool. And every so often, I would be taking my stroll around the lot, and I would go by the Star Trek stage, and I would just kind of duck in to see what was happening over there. And if it would be a day when they weren't filming, it'd be really cool because I could just go on the bridge and sit in the captain's chair and that sort of thing. Again, this is not something that you can do if you're working for Litton Industries. It's one of the perks of being on a studio lot. Speaking of seeing actors in costume, there was a movie called The Coneheads. You probably remember that from Saturday Night Live. Everybody had those coneheads, hence the name. So they made a movie of it. And one time, David and I were riding our little golf cart across the lot and we went by the conehead stage and there were five or six extras standing at the stage door smoking taking a break and so we slowed down the golf cart and i said hey excuse me guys can any of you tell me where the conehead stage is and they went oh it's like right here you figure Really, seriously, guys, you don't see the joke in this. When we were at Paramount, it was a golden age of TV comedy. There were two great comedy camps that were located on the Paramount lot. The first was the Jim Brooks camp. When Jim Brooks and the other great writers from the Mary Tyler Moore show left MTM... They came to Paramount, 
And the first show that they did there was Taxi. So you had Jim Brooks, Dave Davis, Ed Weinberger, Stan Daniels, David Lloyd, Glenn Charles, Les Charles, Jimmy Burroughs directing. You had pretty much the MTM All-Stars all over at Paramount. And the Charles brothers then did Cheers. And from Cheers, other writers, Peter Casey, David Lee, and David Angel, went on to create Wings and then later to create Frasier. So you can see the lineage for many years that all began with Taxi and the Jim Brooks crew, the John Charles Walter Company or whatever the hell they were called. So that was camp number one, and that was pretty much our camp. Camp number two was the Gary Marshall gang. And Gary Marshall, in his heyday, which was right around the same time, had Happy Days, had Laverne and Shirley, a number of other shows, Blansky's Beauties, Uh, Mork and Mindy, they did Mork and Mindy there. He had four or five shows going at any one time, and each show had writer's staff. And so it was just, like I said, a golden time, almost like a, a university, because all of the writers on all of the shows pretty much knew each other. You know, we bump into each other as we were walking across the lot. For show night, sometimes... If we had a rewrite night that got out fairly early, well, we would just kind of wander over to the Mork and Mindy stage or we would wander on over to the taxi stage. And likewise, you know, writers from Laverne and Shirley would saunter onto the Cheers stage if they had an early rewrite. Oh, by the way, that's the other thing. When writers get together on a studio lot from other shows, the first question they always ask each other. The very first question is this. How late did you go last night? We were all obsessed with how late other writers stayed for their rewrites. You know, and our feeling is, uh, oh, Christ, yeah, Taxi wins all of those Emmys, but they were there till 3 in the morning and we got out at 11. <laughs> Would it surprise you to know that writers are basically neurotic. I should also mention that Gary David Goldberg was housed on the Paramount lot and he did Family Ties. He also made a big impact because Gary got the studio to set up a daycare center and it was the first time, I think it was the first studio to actually have one so that If you had a a young child, if you were a writer's assistant and you were a single parent, you could bring your child to the Paramount lot. That's the kind of guy Gary Goldberg was. And boy, I miss him. Going way back to the 30s, 40s, and I think sometime in the 50s, they also shared the lot with RKO Pictures. And they did a lot of the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies, all of those sophisticated top hat type films. And then it was the home of Desi Lou Productions, which was the production company that Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz had together. They made some pretty cool television shows, The Lucy Show, The Untouchables, Hogan's Heroes. Also, Bing Crosby Productions was there, and they had a number of hit TV shows. So Paramount has always been 
just kind of a happening lot, certainly when it comes to television. And one time, David and I were going to editing when we were on Cheers. We walked into the editing building, and our editing bay was on the second floor. And as we walked up the staircase, there was like a big picture window. And both of us, at the same moment almost, looked out that window, and we just stopped in our tracks. And both of us realized, oh, my God, that's the backdrop that they used for the episodes of I Love Lucy when they go to Hollywood. Remember that season that they were in Hollywood and they were in that hotel room and you look out that window and see the panorama of Hollywood? Oh, my God, that was it. And it was just so bizarre because we weren't expecting it. It's not like a tour group where they say, okay, now when we turn the corner, you're going to see the view that Lucy saw out of her hotel window. No, we just are you know, walking along and suddenly, bam, there it is. One of the cool things about the Paramount lot. A little history. Paramount Pictures was started by a gentleman named Adolf Zucker back around the turn of the 20th century. And he moved production to Los Angeles, like all of the movie studios did, basically because the weather is so great out here and you can film year-round. So he moves to Los Angeles, he sets up the Paramount lot, and he would live in New York, and in his later years, he would come out once a year to attend the Academy Awards. So it's 1969, and I'm in college at UCLA, and I'm working at the campus radio station, and we have a promotion for one of the movies that Paramount was releasing at the time called Goodbye Columbus. And so we were going to give away posters and buttons and T-shirts and that kind of merchandise crap. So the promotion director and I went to the Paramount lot one afternoon to pick up all of that stuff. And we were met by somebody in the publicity department and they were taking us around and we see this long stretch limo in the parking lot and this 300-year-old little man in a tuxedo with a cane is slowly getting into the car and the publicity guy says, oh, hey, that's Adolf Zucker. Like, what, huh? Yeah, it was the day of the Academy Awards, and he had come out to Los Angeles. And so how cool to say that we actually saw Adolf Zucker on the Paramount lot. I think he was 115 at that time. I don't know, maybe 130. In any event, Paramount Pictures was just the mecca of comedy back then. I met so many comedy writers, so many people who I remain friends with today. And sadly, the Paramount lot is really kind of a shell of its former self. Uh, it's still there, amazingly. Remember there was that earthquake in 1994 and... I figured, okay, I'm going to come in the next morning and 
our bungalow is just going to be reduced to rubble, that the entire lot is going to be nothing but just shards of buildings. But no, everything stayed put. However they made those shabby little buildings, somehow they managed to withstand all of the earthquakes that Los Angeles had to offer. But like I said, there are not as many shows that are being done Paramount, per se, does not exist. Once Viacom took them over and then CBS took them over, then CBS moved a lot of the shows to their other lot at CBS Radford, and they still do Dr. Phil, and there are still movies and shows that are filmed there where they rent the space, but... It's not the the teeming atmosphere that it used to be. Also gone is A.C. Lyles. A.C. Lyles was a gentleman who worked on the Paramount lot for something like 40 or 50 years. Never really knew what he did. I, I think he was a producer way back in the 40s, maybe. But for whatever reason... They let him stay on the lot, and he was almost like the goodwill ambassador of Paramount. He was so dapper. This was a strutting popinjay, A.C. Lyles. And you would see him standing out in front of the commissary, and you would go up and, and say hello, and you could ask him questions about, well, what was it like when Billy Wilder was here? Well, what was it like? with Preston Sturgis. What kind of guy was Preston Sturgis? And he would tell you stories. And again, there was just sort of that history-rich atmosphere that you felt being on the Paramount lot. And I think that's all gone. Of course, how ironic. We were there for 20 years. We would pull in every day. I knew the guard. They knew me. They just waved me through. Oh, <laughs> Let me go off on a tangent here for just a second. After 9-11, they clamped down on security, okay, as if the next terrorist attack was going to be at the filming of a Webster or something. I, I don't know. But every car stopped. They had to check the trunk. They had that mirror on a long stick that they could check underneath your vehicle. And they made you show ID. And Gary Hart was the president of Paramount Television at the time and told me the story of pulling up to the lot one day and the guard who had seen him every day for years says, good morning, Mr. Hart. Can I see some ID? Yeah, that's how ridiculous it was. But after 20 years, when we were then no longer on the lot, I would need to call somebody to get a drive on if, in fact, I wanted to get back on the lot. Well, a number of years ago, my daughter Annie and her partner John Emerson were working on a show called Instant Mom with Tia Mowry that was done on the Paramount lot. So for me to get on the lot, I had to call my daughter for a drive on and was happy to do it. Back with more after this. 
And there is your look at the Paramount lot. In the weeks to come, I am also going to devote an episode to the 20th Century Fox lot, where I spent many years doing MASH and a few other shows, and also CBS Radford, which now houses not only the Big Brother house, but also an awful lot of sitcoms. Seinfeld was done there. All of the great MTM shows were done there. So those are upcoming in future episodes. For now, our thanks to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler and to Howard Hoffman. If you want to get a hold of me for any reason, my email address is hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. Again, that's hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ken Levine. You can follow me on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. 